Hello and welcome to Happy Dance, the podcast for dance teachers. I'm Lauren and I am so excited to be back to work, back to teaching after the Easter break. I hope you've all had the best Easter and made sure you had time to relax. That was one thing that I really tried to work hard on this holiday was actually taking four days off because I don't know about you but I'm awful for being like oh my god I don't have to teach this week I can get so much paperwork done I can get so much planning I can get so much creating of different resources done and then before I know it it's back to school and I haven't actually had a day off so I need to learn to switch off more so that's what I've been really really trying hard to do over Easter I didn't manage it for the full two weeks but I did get a good few days here I did a long weekend away made sure I had time without my phone without thinking about dancing or teaching or anything to just relax and a bit of self-care and it was really really nice so I hope you've had the same opportunities or are thinking about adding that to your next holiday to go no I do need a day for me and it's okay to not be constantly working constantly trying to improve and grow it's okay to just have a day where you just achieve nothing but get up have a wash go for a walk and watch some tv and that's fine so I hope you've had a good Easter and we are in full show mode at the moment so I thought for today's episode I'd just chat through a few ideas and tips I've been giving some of my other teachers to help them choreograph for our minis so we start our shows from two years and then all the way through to our teens but obviously with the teenagers you've got so much potential with different moves and choreography and their skills they've learned and you can do tricky timings and different um formation changes and you can have half the class doing one thing and half the class on the floor doing another and there's so many choreographic tools that I think you can really use and play around with that I've never struggled to make up a routine for an older class it's never been never been a thing um, occasionally I'll love a song so much that I don't want to do it wrong so I get so in my head with the choreography that I've just got too many ideas and I don't know where to start but um, that's a, a different episode altogether <laughs> but the one that I think people struggle with the most is choreographing for the younger ages while still making it interesting but actually making it something that they can remember because I know 99% of dance teachers are I hate when the kids just have to stare at you side stage and you're doing it all ridiculously big trying to make sure they know what they're doing because they just don't know what they're doing they're just looking around the stage um and so we've we've worked really hard to make it so that especially our four to ten year olds all go on every dance they must know it without us present and so we've come up with a few tips and tricks my two-year-old class what I do is I do go on with them and I teach it like a class because it's their first show I want it to be the most joy-filled happy experience for them so um, they don't necessarily have to remember it but we do encourage them to remember it in the same way we do with our older ones because I think it's it's nice to challenge them isn't it and give them a little push and make them show ready um, like the other classes are so for our four plus class what we like to do is first make sure that the choreography and the song that we choose is appropriate for their age and ability because at that age they're probably going to be quite nervous it could be one of their first shows or their first show they're aware 
what a show actually is. Because I think that's the good thing about starting them at two. They really just don't know. They're like, okay, Lauren, on we go. We're over here, are we, today? Oh, and I've got a beautiful dress on. Oh, look at all these people. Um, And they're just so fearless because they don't understand what a show is, is a big part of it. Whereas when they're a little bit older and they start to go, what do you mean I'm going to have to dance in front of 500 people or whatever it is? The nerves start to creep, creep in and it becomes a bit harder for them because they're much more self-aware. So one way we like to do this is be really conscientious when we choose our music, choose our song, choose the movements, that it's going to be something that they're going to enjoy. And it doesn't have to be a song that they're really familiar with, but if you're stuck for song choices, that's always a good place to start. Although um, some of the most popular songs we've used are ones that are older than them by decades so at christmas we did um one to i want to be a christmas i want no what was it called i want a hippopotamus for christmas that was a a huge one and i'm a little christmas cracker which are both years and years old they're probably old like their nans would have heard them when they're kids so they're songs that have been around for ages and they're but they're just so cute and so fun and so happy that they loved them and they were singing along to it and they knew what the rhythms was from the way she went bang a bang a bang that's me and all this and it was just the the funnest little dance and one that we've done for a show before was a little ballet one called dad i want to be a camel and they were different animals and the different movements matched it and they learnt the lyrics and learnt the, the dance associated with the lyrics because I think sometimes counting music at that age is really, really hard. But having those audio cues, whether it be when the song says bang, you jump or on the roar, you're always on the right um, or whatever it is, it can really, really help when it comes to them learning it and then remembering it. So that would be my first tip to really think about your song choice and your theme choice to make it as easy for them to remember and to make it enjoyable so it's something they're going to go away singing and practicing at home and the next tip would be to make it as repetitive as possible now I know some people worry that it's going to be too repetitive and the parents will get bored and all this but the parents are going to be so happy seeing their kid doing it all at the same time as their friends that they know what they're doing that they're beaming they're happy they're confident they're not going to care that they're doing the same verse and the same chorus twice through they're going to be chuffed that they're on that stage they're going to be so so proud of them and I think as teachers we're always hypercritical of our own choreography if it repeats too much so for our four to six years especially we make sure that the verse is the same both times and then they have a chorus that also repeats so the amount of moves and the amount of steps they're having to remember is significantly reduced because then they've just got that time to practice to keep going over it to remember the order to remember who they're following when they march around the circle who who they're standing next to, what their spot is, all those other things that come into it on top of actually remembering the choreography that are all so important and also, also sometimes get really looked over because you're so much spending so much time worrying about the choreography and the actual physical steps. So that would be my next tip to make it repetitive, to have a nice chorus, a nice verse that is really interesting, it's got some... St- like different steps in it it's not just like kicks the whole chorus and jumps for the whole t- whole time of the verse um that the verse and the chorus have two very good full full of moves that they really really know and really can do well but that 
is it going to be so complicated? They're going to be like, what's going on? And of course, the older they get, the more complicated you can make it. So like for the four-year-olds, if the song's written in bars of four or bars of eight, I will do the same move for those eight counts and then I will do a different move for the next eight counts. So to keep it the same, so then they don't have to think, oh, well, I only do four of them and then I do three of these and then I do one of them. It's, no, we're doing eight of these or we're doing four of them and then four of these to make it really straightforward and really simple so they have time to practice, they have time. And also as a teacher, it means you then have time to polish it and get things going like facial expressions, which is a whole nother battle, especially where some of them have such cute little concentration faces, like their tongues pointing out, biting their lip, like scratching their head, like really concentrating, almost glaring at the audience because they're thinking so hard about what they're doing. So by making it simple, it just means that you've got that little bit more time to recap and go over it. Also, two of the great extra things we always do that really help since we've brought them in is have some way they can practice at home. So we share our Spotify playlist of all the songs for their class and they've got the music. But the two things that I'd really, really recommend adding is we film us doing the dance, like us the teachers, doing the dance with the music without saying it. Um, so they can dance along at home on their TV. We just upload it as a private video to YouTube and send the link round. Or recently, post-COVID, we had all our zoom lessons on google classrooms afterwards so if they missed the lesson they could catch up or if people wanted to do it on a different day they could um so since then we've been putting all our show dances, all our exam dances on as a google classroom um class and sending that round so they've got the videos they've got the music they've got everything in one place and the final thing that has really helped is i play the music on my laptop and then i use my phone to record a voice note and so I will then say the dance over the top of the music. So it'll be like, bend and stretch and rise and lower and bend and stretch and rise and lower in time with the music and at the same time. So they've got my voice over the top. So once they're used to doing it with me seeing me do it, that's like the next challenge, the next step. Can they do it with just me saying it? And then they've also got the music without anyone saying anything, without any visual audio cue to help them to practice with as well so they can go through all those stages and we do that for all the ages and it really really helps we've had dancers come in that are like i practice every day after breakfast i do my dances i've had parents be like lauren no offense but we're sick of your voice because we hear it every day when she's practicing in her room and um, she'll play your your voice along with the song and but it just really helps and they feel so much more confident and you can spend time perfecting and polishing rather than just drilling it until they remember it which is what a lot of time is spent doing at that age because it's just a fact of life that they're not going to remember an eight minute dance straight away they're going to need that repetitiveness they're going to need that time to practice to keep going over it they're going to need some way of practicing at home they're going to need some kind of visual audio cue to help them out so then come a show day they'll know it flawlessly without anyone needing to do anything and then you can just beam watching them side stage I was I'm always just glowing from the wings like so happy with them and I'm so proud so that'd be my four or five tips just to help with your mini choreography for your show so for your 
younger ages to really help them remember it and to make your show as smooth and as stress-free as possible. So I hope they've helped. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a message and I will speak to you next week. Bye.